doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese here with another episode of Talking Football. As always, hey man, there's really not much going on. So we are going to try to just create something to get us through the summer. Hopefully something inter- interesting enough for you guys listening. But aside from that, Treese, we kind of hit up on the topics that are going around the world. You know, the issues that are taking place. Um, it's nice to see some changes taking place and happening. Uh, there does seem to be some more movements going on, several petitions to sign, which is great. Uh, you can't just – here, let me say this. I want to encourage that you don't just stop. You don't just post a black picture on Instagram. You don't just make a couple tweets and you call it good. Keep it up. Keep going. You want to be part of the change. You have to work at it. So moving on from that now, Treese, let's talk some NFL football. It's not a sleep. Like I say, every episode is the business that never does. But right now, there's just not a lot going on. And that's got to at least be a good thing, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we want we want there to be more news, right? Well, obviously, that that's when it's more exciting. But even without there being breaking news, there's still some news going around, right? Like we have some players now becoming scouts. We have some free agents still wanting more money. There's whole thing with how you're talking about around the world, and you have. Roger Goodell coming out and making a what I thought was a huge statement, admitting that they were wrong on not listening to the players, which I think is a great step forward moving. Uh, let's see what happens. Like they say that they're not going to, you know, put any ban on kneeling during the national anthem or anything like that. Like that's a great step. But do guys like Colin Kaepernick, do they get a chance? Do we don't want them to only get a chance just because of this, like, but you, you want it to be for the right reasons. So that's great. Um, but it's going to be very interesting with the whole Kaepernick situation. Let's just kind of get into that right now, which is where could he go? What could he be doing? We obviously haven't seen him in a long time. He had that small workout last year, but that doesn't really show where you are from a football standpoint all the time. It's a scheduled workout in a sense so like where yeah. you can't like you have everything planned like you know exactly what route you're going to throw to every single time so on and so forth so uh from a quarterback needy st- standpoint what do you think are some good fits for Kaepernick so I mean right off the bat uh the Chicago Bears I think that's a team that we've just been you know going after time and time again on needing a quarterback that could help right away um, another team could potentially be Miami. You know, you want to give Tua an off year uh, to fully just get healthy and be ready to play. Maybe you don't want to deal with Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic, let him go elsewhere. Um, but I think it's really just going to come down to a spot where he's not going to come in and be the starter. They might have him compete because that's just who Kaepernick's going to be. Uh, but those two teams right there off the top of my head, I think would be decent landing spots. I think Carolina, North Carolina would be a fun one. Uh, just to see if he could win that job and compete with Teddy Bridgewater and see what they do. But, yeah, those three right there, boom, 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 is kind of what I would like to see Kaepernick land. There was a story that came out from Hugh Jackson. Uh, he told the Cleveland Browns back in 2017, hey, I would like to have Colin Kaepernick here. Apparently they ignored that request, and they had him start Deshaun Kaiser nearly every game that year, and they went completely defeated. Now, you know, stories are popping up. As well, what, if, what if Kaepernick went to Cleveland? Could he have been the savior for Cleveland? For Cleveland, Could he have been of a difference maker there? That's just one of those things we may never know. Let's say Cleveland does end up picking him up. You know, they're trying to make up for the wrongdoing now that Hugh Jackson spoke up and Kaepernick takes a job and, and leads the Browns to be successful in ways that, you know, Baker Mayfield is just not having it happen. But that would be the crazy part. That's 
that's just throwing a rock into a pond and hoping you hit something there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two other ones that I thought of that I thought would be fun is one, the Redskins. If you really think that Haskins is like, this is a make or break year. You take, you bring on Kaepernick, maybe Kaepernick's the one that needs one year back into the league and get used to playing again after being out for, I guess, three and a half years, uh, three years. Um, so that would be interesting. And the other one, what about the L.A. Rams? Wow. <sighs> Excuse the yawn there. I'm not tired. I'm just stunned, I guess. You know, I don't know how to react. <laughs> that would actually be a fun fit, though. Like, it really would be with Sean I McVay. Think, I think Sean McVay would have a heck of a time with him. And we always talk about – and when I say we, I mean you always talk about how McVay would be in his headset saying where where to throw the ball. Um that's what Kaepernick is known for, right? One read, take off running. Hey, maybe McVeigh can figure out, hey, maybe it's a one-two read and then you take off. So Instead of a one-two read, throw an interception. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Whatever the case may be. <laughs> um, so I think that actually Kaepernick to the L.A. Rams would be a lot of fun. They Their backup quarterback isn't very good. They had Bortles last year. He's no longer with the team. So I think that they... It would be a perfect fit. I really do. I like that a lot. I like the way that brain works. I know I've said it before, but, hey, that's a that's a good one. You got any other leading spots? Those are the top two that came to mind for me. Um, there are other options, like, not for starting roles, but, like, if you're wanting backup roles, like, I think, like, somewhere like the Lions would be a great – just you, – you saw what happens – when Stafford goes down, which has the last two years, and you guys can't win without anybody else. Maybe you guys should get a quarterback that has a history of at least winning some games. And he, their Bevel, their their uh, offensive coordinator, used to coach for the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, running quarterback. We all know how good Russell Wilson was at running the ball and making easy reads early in his career. He's obviously turned into an elite quarterback at this point, but Bevel knows how to make quarterbacks and take advantage of their strengths and not put their weaknesses out on the table in a sense. So I would say the Lions as well. Here's a crazy thought. What about Cam Newton to the Lions if Matthew Stafford gets hurt? 100%. Like 100% just in case. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that actually is a perfect fit, like you said, though, if Stafford gets hurt. I don't know if it would be a good, like, bring him in while Stafford's healthy. I think it would yeah. have to be like a – but then you're like, okay, well, now he has to sit out a couple of weeks because now he doesn't know the offense. I, but I like the fit overall, and I think that the I think Lions that would be a could do lot some of serious fun. damage. They could do some serious damage if they had him. Wow, that would be a lot of fun. Now the question just goes, where does Matthew Stafford go? It's a good question. Good that is, question. That is a good question. And now I'm going to be sitting there sitting on that. Yeah, I know. Now I'm like, all right, well, now now we gotta go down this tunnel. Uh, it's fine, it's fine. But you brought up Cam Newton. Let's talk about his former teammate who did retire, Luke Keekley. Uh, sudden yes. retirement. Um, we'll, we'll miss watching him play, but uh, because there are stories of how they had to kick him out of the facility at 11 p.m. on Christmas Eve because he was watching too much film, and everybody's like, hey. We all have a family. We got to go. Like, I know you wanted to keep doing this, but we, you can't be the last one in here. Um, 
they end up saying, well, you know what? Let's take advantage of that and put him as a pro scout where he gets to just go and watch film all day and figure out what young players, guys on practice squads can come in and help the, the Panthers do some good. Yeah, I think that's an awesome opportunity for Luke Keekley. Um, shoot, I mean, maybe you get so good at that, you just kind of work your way into being a general manager, you know, another John Lynch type of role. Uh, I think that would be awesome to see more defensive players on the scouting aspect because it seems like people have a hard time finding defensive players. You know, I that might be just kind of naive of me to say it's hard to find any, you know, any position player at any spot on the field. But it would be really interesting to see Luke Keekley go that direction and eventually work his way up into a general manager, being a leader of a team once again, and really just getting to put the guys that he thinks would be successful in positions to succeed. I think that would be really cool for Luke Keekley. Now, whether he does that with the Panthers at some point, that would be interesting because it would be you know like a head coach going to the former college that he went to where he was a star there and going and coaching at the university. This is a linebacker doing it for his former team, kind of like John Elway with the Broncos. Yeah, that would be interesting. And now I'm just trying to think through it. Like, okay, he's 29 years old. You give him one to two years in this, he could be one of these next barely turned 30 guys that is taking up a huge role for an organization, which would be fantastic. I love that. Oh, you that think that early? I'm, I don't know. Like, I could see them moving him into an assistant general manager role if, if he's finding players quickly and good. Yes, for sure. Dang. Watch him find, like, the defensive rookie of the year, like, two years in a row, and then he just gets the general manager job for the Browns. Okay, just, we'll just call that right now. <laughs> we'll just – ah, Cleveland. I mean, you, you know. know they would. Yeah, I do. Yeah, good argument. Good argument back. Let's move on to (laughs) another player. Devontae Freeman is continuing to ask for too much money in the NFL. A free agent running back from Atlanta. Do you think he'd be signed by now? But he's already come out and said, hey, I'm willing to take a year off. I'm willing to not play this next year. I know what I want to get paid. And by golly, I'm going to get paid. Well, here comes Bruce Arians in an interview. Says, guess what? We're not willing to pay that much. We're interested. We ain't got the cap room. Can't make it happen. We're not going to. He wants too much money. Therese, what are your thoughts and opinion on this? And maybe there's more of the story that I didn't touch up on that you can add to it. No, that's the general gist of it. And really, the thing is, is Arians is right. There, we, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. There's a lot of young running backs out there that are way cheaper, where you don't have to pay $5, 6000000 million, $4 million for these players per year. Um, Freeman, you've been hurt. The last couple of years, you're not, you haven't been the same yards per carry going down and down and down. Your, your agent needs to kind of speak up and probably be like, Hey, if you want to play, you're probably going to have to be in that 2 million. And we could probably convince them to do some sort of incentives that get you to three, three and a half million. But the base salary is $2 million. The base salary would be 2 million. Yeah. How much is he wanting? Four to five. Oh, that's tough. Wow. But what I, are what are other running backs making? Is that absurd amount? Uh, let's see. Uh, let's talk about Fournette. Fournette, I think, is making seven and a half million this year. Yeah, but he was like a top five player. He was. 
Name, name a player. I, I, I don't have all contract running back contracts in front of me, but name yeah. a player and I can get their salary up there. I mean, let's say Damian Williams, running back for the Chiefs. I'm trying to think of running backs in a position that aren't making a lot. Yep. Okay, give me one second. Pulling it up now. Uh-huh. Damian Williams is making... Damon Williams is making 1.9 million. Okay, that's a poor example. Um, <clears throat> Carlos Hyde, um, running back for Houston. Lamar. Lamar. Ja- uh, Lamar Miller. He's no. He's yes. actually. A, he's actually a free agent now. Um, Gosh dang. <clears throat> but that, that's the point, right? Like that's just another player there. So yeah. I mean, again, I'm putting us in a position right now of information we don't know off the top of our head, but that just. Yeah. It just feels low hearing all these other guys' contracts that Carlo, are up at the top. Carlos Hyde, $1.5 million. So that's why I'm saying in that $2 million range is probably where you're going to be getting. Like, I consider him and Hyde similar. If Hyde got $1.5 million, a $2 million contract for Freeman is probably not absurd. I mean, I feel like if you're Freeman, you take that $2 million and you go to a contender and you be happy. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying he's not wanting that. Like, <laughs> and I don't think Tampa's going to be – contender but like Tampa to some teams are a contender so that two million dollars rather than trying to get four to five like there you go I'm trying to think where else he would go and like be a potential contender with or who he could be a contender with that's just a whole nother rabbit hole for him I mean we sit there and play these games all day with these players um is there anything else we want to add on to this topic before we get into the heart of today's episode uh no I think that's it Perfect. So, like I said at the beginning, not a lot of NFL news going around. That was pretty much around the laces. Um, Now we're going to get into the heart of the episode, and we are going to rank each division, starting off with today, the AFC and NFC East. We are going to rank the division by their offense, the defense, and the special teams for the 2020 season. Of course, this next upcoming year, the special teams one's going to be going to be a little different because I don't know how you base special teams off with all these touchbacks, the inability to get onside kicks. None of these teams really have anyone returning the ball back, being a threat. Um, but, hey, we're going to figure it out and we're going to have some fun. Let's let's go ahead and start with the AFC East like we always do here on Talking Football, starting with the Patriots. Offense-wise and defense-wise and special teams, do you have either of them at the top? Uh. It's hard not to put their defense for how outstanding they were last year. Hard to not put them at number one uh, right now. But I will say this year, I actually don't think that they're number one in this division. So uh, I will say that uh, I will be putting their special teams at number one. Uh, Belichick always has their special teams ready to go. Go. They he he's a master at it, right? Like he's a master at everything. But like I always feel like that special teams they just never make mistakes. They're always just sound, good to go. Uh, they did release uh, Goskowski though, right? For the so they'll have a new yep. kicker for the first time in 14 years or something like that. I don't remember how long it's been since uh, Vinatieri hasn't been there, oh, but wow. it's it's been a long time. So it's been. At least 10 years. So, I will put Patriots special teams as number one in this division. Yeah, I think it's just really hard to argue not having the Patriots with the number one special teams in this division. Just due to the fact that they always pay someone at least a large amount of money 
on every phase of the ball. They're going to pay someone a bigger contract on offense. They're going to do it on defense, and they do it on special teams as well. I think it's Matthew Slater, one of the best special teams player in the NFL, plays for the Patriots. So that completely makes sense. Uh, for me, on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to pick New England as well for this next season. I just think that's going to be their specialty. They were really good last year. Um, they kind of got picked apart later in the year, losing um, to the style that they did. But I think they'll make up for it this next season. Uh, and then I'm going to put the Buffalo Bills at number two on defense. I think they're close there. The offensive side of the ball, though, I think it's a no-brainer. you got to go the Bills. Like So for me, I have the Bills number one on offense, Patriots number one on defense, number one on special teams. But when you look at the Bills' offense and what they've done, the, you, you know you add Stephon Diggs and that defense is getting another year of experience together, it's going to be hard to stop them on both sides of the ball. And if they don't win the division, something's going wrong. Yeah, I totally agree. So we're almost similar on this. So I'm actually going with the Bills number one on offense as well, just like you. But I also have the Bills number one on defense as well. So I have Bills number one offense, number one defense, New England number one special team. So the only difference is defense. Uh, we just have one and two swapped. That's that's the difference there. Um, so that is our rankings for the top two in all of those. So there we go on that one. Uh, what about the... Miami Dolphins, where do you think that they're going to end up compared to – we could just do Dolphins versus Jets at this point. Of What offense do you think is going to be more successful out of those two? And that's tough just because like you look at Sam Darnold. Think, sorry for cutting you off. I actually think that the Dolphins clearly have the advantage here. Well, I mean if you want to go there, then they clearly have it on every level. Like the Jets are going to be the worst team in this division. Because the Jet, um, yeah. the Dolphins, better secondary, better linebacking core, better defensive line. We we just saw them spend all their money there. They went heavy on the offensive line. Not, yeah, in the draft they did offensive line. Then you take Tua. You traded for your running back. And then you have your receivers coming back. Dolphins are better than the Jets in every realm of this team then. Uh, yeah, I actually probably agree with that. Um, I do trust. And it's weird because he used to be a Jag, but I do trust Jason Myers for the Jets more, though. So I actually would probably give the Jets special teams. So I would go Dolphins on offense and defense and Jets on special teams. I'm just putting the Jets last on all of it. The Jet, I mean, the goddamn Jets. The goddamn Jets. All righty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, sorry. No, yeah, that's I fine. Just... I... I I don't have an argument against it. I just I like Jason Myers as a kicker. I thought he had a very good year last year. So and he's been improving. He improved even with the Jaguars before they they released him and moved on. So okay. So there we go. So we have the top two for offense and defense and special teams all going to either the Bills or the Patriots. And then three and four, you're kind of moving forward um here. And hey, if two comes out firing that offense is going to be deadly. If you got Devontae Parker stepping up the way he was, Preston Williams coming back from the injury, Gasecki at tight end yep. making another jump. Uh, they Albert got Wilson Jordan in the slot. Jordan Howard at running back. Like this team, this team can make some noise for sure on offense. And then you you already mentioned it. They got the two highest paid corners. Their defense could probably slow down some passing teams. So problem is. Nuts. The problem is, is this division really feels like it's going a lot more ground and pound. Like, I think that 
I think the Bills are a ground and pound team. I think the Patriots are going to try to be a ground and pound team or very quick passes trying to get at one-on-one situations. And then the Jets, who knows what the Jets are doing, but but they have Le'Veon Le'Veon Bell. Bell. Help. They have Frank Gore now. Like they they didn't bring in Frank Gore just to say they brought in Frank Gore. They they have a plan, and they're not going to be in very many passing situations with him on the field. They're just not. So it'll be interesting. It's, it right. is going to be for sure. So now to the NFC East. Best offense in this division, um, I think it's pretty easy on who that is. Dallas Cowboys. Like, you, There's no way you can look at any other team in this division and go better than the Cowboys. Offensive line, running back, receiving core, and quarterback. Yeah, I 100% agree. I wanted, okay. You wanted me to disagree, but no. No, I just – you had a look on your face like you were going to, and I was like, there's, like, I don't know who else he would pick here. No, there's no question about it. You have Zeke. You have Dak. You just get C.D. Lamb. Uh, Jarwin is going to be their tight end, who I think is actually going to have a pretty damn good year. He's a pretty good player. You obviously have Gallup, and you obviously have Amari Cooper, and the offensive line is still, even though they're the, they're getting older and they lost some guys, like they're still going to be top three in the NFL. So, yeah. There, there you go. go. Defense-wise, <laughs> Dallas as well, right? I mean, I think Dallas just takes number one all the way across the board. No, I I like the Eagles' defense more. Really? I do. In what realm? Um, I think that their defensive line is better overall. Yeah, they Cowboys have Lawrence, but I love Malik Jackson and I love Fletcher Cox and I love Graham. Like they, I actually like the defensive line there. They have they don't really have depth, but either do the Cowboys there. Linebacker. Yes, I would give linebacking core to the Cowboys. Cowboys. So now it's one-to-one. And as weird as it sounds, I would take the Eagles' defensive backs now that they they took on Roby Coleman and they took on Darius Slay. And then the Cowboys lost uh, Jones. So I would yep. – I will yes, I will be taking the Eagles' defense over the Cowboys' defense. Wow, I'm a little surprised there. So I'm actually going to take Dallas number one all the way across the board. And then I'm going to take uh, the Eagles all the way across the board because they're special teams. I mean, you add Rieger to that for a return game. Um, kicker situation, I'm going to be honest, I don't know what it is. I don't know who their kicker is. Just go Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott I for the Eagles. He, yeah, he's a good kicker. So I will be taking the Eagles. Ah, no. Because <laughs> the Cowboys signed uh, Zerline from the Rams. And I actually think that's a pretty good signing for them, especially indoors. I think Zerline could uh, have a pretty good year. So, you should be the Rams kicker. You're yeah. giving me that look. Yeah, they signed the Cowboys signed him. How did I completely miss that? Uh, I don't know. So Boy, I actually, I, but I will be taking the Cowboys special teams because I actually think that they. We'll have some – I like uh, Pollard, uh, backup running back for Elliott. I think Pollard's going to be a good return guy. I could see them putting CeeDee Lamb as a punt returner. I mean, he's not the fastest guy, but, like, he, he, he makes people miss. So I'm actually going to take – so I'll go Cowboys offense, Cowboys special teams, but I will take the Eagles defense. Okay. So I have Dallas all the way number one, Pennsylvania all the way number two, the Eagles. Now, here's where things get a little tricky because on the offensive side of the ball, you have to take the Giants. Um, yes. 
Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, who apparently has gained eight pounds of muscle working out this offseason. He's going to be looking jacked out there in NY. We thought yeah. we thought Sam Darnold got mono. I don't know what Daniel Jones is about to get looking like that. Uh, then you throw in Saquon, best running back in the league, or at least one of. Uh, Defense-wise, though, I'm going to take the Washington Redskins. What they've done for that defensive line, what they've done to their linebacking course. Secondary-wise, I'm not as familiar with it, but... I guess in that realm I would take the Giants just because, you know, a couple number one picks or first-round picks are up there. But for Redskins, just because their defensive line, their linebacking quarter, I'm going to pick them over the, the the Giants here. I will too. And they also grabbed Fuller from the Chiefs again, right? I That's right. Yep. yep. So, yeah, I 100% will be taking the Redskins defense as number three. Uh, we're we're similar on the offense. Take the Giants. I think that Daniel Jones is going to have a monster second half of the season. So it's the first month of the season is super tough. So they play the Patriots week one, then the Steelers, then the Bears, then the Niners. Those are four outstanding defenses. Outstanding. And I think a lot of people are going to be like, Daniel Jones, what a bust. Why did they pick him after those four weeks? Because that's going to be tough. But then they play... The Rams, Cowboys, Redskins, Eagles, Bucks, Redskins, Eagles, Bengals, Seattle. That's obviously tough. Uh, Cardinals, Browns, and then you're at the end of the season with the Ravens and Cowboys. Who knows if they're actually going to be playing all their starters at that point. Um, that That's not the easiest schedule, but it's much lighter than that first month. So I actually think that he's going to be a huge boom player that second half of the season for them. So, um, and I think Saquon's obviously a stud. Love Slayton. Love uh, Golden Tate. They, uh, Ingram's going to have a good year. Yep, so they'll have good there. So there's that. And then special teams, um, I'll go with the uh, the Giants there as well. Yep, so, I'm in the same boat. So very similar there. Okay, cool. Oh, man. Some of these divisions, I think we're going to get some heated arguments. I think I think we went pretty easy on this on this first episode. Yeah, I'm kind of glad we did just to kind of feel it out and see where we were. What are we doing next episode? What division? The North? We would, we would be doing the North, AFC and NFC North divisions. That's so, where we're going to have our differences. Buckle up. Buckle <laughs> up. Um, so surprise here. We usually do it at the start of the episode, but we're going to do it at the end of the episode. I have a tree civia for you. Okay, we didn't mention it, but I didn't want to call you out in case you didn't. You know, I've been feeling bad for doing that lately. Like, hey, Triste, you got it, and it's like, I don't. So I just kind of, I just let it go. You know, just no, let it go. No, that is, that is fine. So, do you have a pen and paper or? Yeah, you, you know I do. That's what I'm reaching for. All right. Okay. Three players. Oh boy. Um, I'm gonna go just across the board here, so it's gonna be player A, B, C in that order. So. Appreciate. Um, snaps. Snaps played last year, 777, 750, 634. Okay. Tackles, 47, 47, 44. Tackles for loss, 16, 16, 11. QB hits, 25, 14, 23 sacks 9 10 10.5 forced fumbles 1 
four two. Okay. So force fumbles was one four two. Okay. Wowzers. So tackles wise, they're all the same. Tackles for lost, A B, QB hits, going to A, sacks goes to C. So C, but, you said tackles, they all have the same. So actually, it yeah, was C 40, was 44. Yeah, okay. around the right. same. Yeah. Got it. Yep. But when you look at this, though, the fact that this guy played 100 less snaps than both of them, still has 10 and a half sacks, 23 QB hits, and 11 tackles for loss, and only has three less tackles, has two forced fumbles. But player two has. 70, 130 more, 20 less, equal, equal. Not there on the QB hits, but it's there on the sacks and 4-4. i got to take player B. Just due to the fact that less snaps, same amount of tackles, same amount of tackles for loss, 14 QB hits, and 10 sacks with four forced fumbles. I think that's the game changer here is the four forced fumbles. So you're going to go with player B. So you believe – and sorry, I'm just going over the numbers here. So you believe – that two more forced fumbles is worth more than nine QB hits on 116 less or 116 more snaps than the other player. Because the four the the two forced fumbles can change it an entire game can change the momentum. Correct, but it took him 116 more snaps to get those two. Yes. Okay. Now, I'm just trying to make sure I'm Hang understanding. On. Now, when okay. you throw it out like that, son of a gun. Nope, I'm sticking with player B because you made a comment last time on how you have rent in my head and you know how to confuse me and make me question myself. I'm not. It ain't happening no more. Okay. It ain't happening more. Taking player B. I do own so much real estate in that noggin of yours. No, you don't. So, you don't own um, <laughs> you know, shit. Okay, so the next thing is who's who's second on that list? Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox. He's not on. He's not one of these players. So, player A or player C? Which one do you like more? Oh wait, what? Why did you think that one was? I thought Fletcher you were Cox? telling me to guess who it was. No, I'm trying to guess which player you'd like. I just said Did, player B. And then who would you like second most? Oh. I'm trying to get an order here. Sorry. Then I would probably take player C because. 140 less ta- 140 less snaps, five less QB hits, but you have a sack and a half more in another forced fumble. Okay. But you're not Got getting it. the tackles for loss there. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Okay. So, okay, now we can play the game of who are these players. They're all okay, player defensive ends. They're all defensive Player A is probably going to be defensive end, so no defensive tackles. Correct. I'm so trying Aaron to Donald is down. not in this. He is not in this. No. Okay. So Yannick Ngakwe. Nope. Chandler Jones. Nope. Khalil Mack. No. Von Miller. No. None of those guys are either of these players. None of them are any of those three players that, that we're talking about. Uh, Joey Bosa. No. Nick Bosa. Yes. That's player C. No, it's not. It's player A. What? 
You yes. Oh, you're staying for like the whole season. So this includes like playoffs and everything? What? No, this is regular season. Regular season? season? Okay. Yep. Great. Now I'm going to hear that name and think of these other two. It's going to be like, what the hell are you doing? Um, okay. Uh, neither one of these are going to be D forward. Um, Frank Clark on here? He is not. Is there a player that I'm not listing that you're, I'm just going to get roasted for? I don't think so. Um, we've talked about these other two players a fair amount, but I don't think that you would get roasted for not knowing who they are. Let's hear them then. Jadeveon Clowney's got to be one of them. He's not. How about this? All these players were rookies last year. Josh Allen, one of them? Josh Allen is. He's B. B. Or, sorry, he, he's C. Sorry, he's C. I, I don't know why I said B. He is C. Okay, and then is player B like a Max Crosby? It is Max Crosby. Yeah. So, Austin Cunningham would rather have Max Crosby than the other two guys. You love to see it, boys. You love to fucking see it. <laughs> and that's why we play the stat game. So you look like a total idiot, but then when you look at it, you go, this is where it's worth more. Yeah, it, it's interesting, though, right? Because, like, how similar all those players are. So, like you've said, tackles, they're all basically the same. Bosa and Crosby both had 47. Allen had 44. But on snaps, Bosa played 143 more snaps than Josh Allen. And uh, Crosby is 116 more. So pretty easy to get three tackles on 150 plays, basically. Uh, tackles for loss, Bosa and Crosby both had 16. Allen had 11. And QB hits, Bosa with 25, Crosby with 14, Allen with 23. So only two less than Bosa, and again, hundred and almost 150 less snaps. Sacks, 9 for Bosa, 10 for Crosby, 10.5 for Allen. You could also pull the trigger of, yeah, but you had Buckner and you had Armstead and all those guys maybe taking sacks away from Bosa. But you also could probably say the same thing about Allen with Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe. So uh, Crosby, hey, he was he was the force there. He he was the guy getting the sacks there. Um, and then the game changer for you was the forced fumbles. Only one for Bosa, four for Crosby, which is fantastic, and then two for Allen. So uh, two more than Allen basically for Crosby on 116 snaps, which there he would not have gotten two more. Like he just most likely would not have. Probably would have got one more. So he probably, if you played the same amount of snaps, you let him catch up. He probably would have ended up with three. Like if yeah. you if you keep going with the route he was going. Obviously, anything can happen on any play, but that's where we're at. So uh, I'm excited to watch these two and Furl uh, just see what they do next year in just second year in the NFL. Now that they know offensive linemen, they don't they know everything. They know how what they need to train for, what their weaknesses were their rookie year. I'm super excited to see what happens there. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting for the Raiders going to Vegas. You got help on offense. Your defense seems to be getting better. People can stay healthy. Hey, the AFC West is going to be very interesting. But I guess Max Crosby is the better at all of them in my mind of stats. So you love to see it. <laughs> you love to see it. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so that does it for us today. We appreciate you guys. We'll continue doing this. We'll have some other games going on. Be sure to send us some questions on Twitter. Let's get some interaction going. Let's have some fun here. And be sure be sure to subscribe. Be sure to rate us on wherever you get your podcast. We would very much appreciate it. And as always, you can find us at Talking Underscore Football on Twitter or our personal accounts at Justin Trees and at Austin Cham 33. And today we've been Talking Football. Thank you.